you don't have space for a raised bed, start with a pot. You know, start with a couple of pots and grow some salad greens or grow some herbs. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today, I'm joined by John from Backyard Eden. Um, we had a fantastic chat about all things plants. He's an organic veg grower in Dallas in Texas, uh, which I always assumed was going to be really, really hot. But you're here from the, the beginning of the podcast. It can get very, very chilly as well. So he struggles with the weather the same as we do in the UK. Now, I'm recording this just before Christmas, uh, and this is going out just before uh, Christmas Eve, um, so you'll be able to listen to me on Christmas Day if you if you really want to. I'm sure there's other things you'd rather be listening to, but if you are listening to me on Christmas Day, happy Christmas. And as we enter in the new year, we've got some fantastic things planned on the nursery, um, so really, really looking forward to, to all of those. Um, so without further ado, let's start the podcast. Hi, you're listening to Plants and Me the podcast that is all about plants, gardening, and the people who are passionate about them, with your host, Alan Lodge. Welcome to the podcast, John. Uh, Hello, Alan. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Now, tell everyone where you're joining us from. I am in uh, the United States, uh, in Texas, uh, just about 30 minutes east uh, of Dallas, uh, the Dallas Metroplex. Right, okay. And um, that's obviously in Texas, and we were talking just before we hit record, it's been a bit chilly there. But what sort of temperatures, uh, for people who aren't familiar with the area, what sort of temperatures do you normally get in that sort of area? Uh, well, uh, we are zone uh, 8A. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. So mm-hmm. But we get um, generally, we have two weathers. Um, hot and hotter Um, (laughs) for most of the year we have a a short spring a short wet spring uh, and then probably in uh, mid-april it starts getting hot and it stays hot from mid-april and i'm saying hot like mid you know low to mid 90s i don't know exactly what that would be in centigrade but and then it goes all the way through uh, june july august are are really hot August being the hottest, probably in the uh, triple digits in the uh, just over a hundred, hmm. and then it stays hot all the way through until probably October, probably the second week in October we start to cool down a little bit. I mean we have you know a mild fall, uh, an early winter, and then winter really kind of starts in January, right. and we get you know a few cold weeks, uh, and when I say cold, I mean you know in the twenties, mm-hmm. we very rarely get colder than that. Okay. And I imagine those those hot periods cause you issues for what you do. So tell everyone a little bit about what you do. Uh, my family and I own a small, very small urban farm. And when I say very small, I mean uh, it's 0.14 of an acre. Uh, so it's very, very small. And that's the entire lot. So that's front, backyard, house, everything is on 0.14 of an acre. And so I was actually doing some quick math because I didn't know for sure. But the the entire amount of growing space that I have is about uh, 370 square feet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, it's pretty small. And I do primarily uh, raise beds mm-hmm. uh, just because of our soil where we, we're currently at. It's just it's horrible. It's very heavy clay. And as a lot of gardeners know, or a lot of uh, people that garden, they know that clay is very 
very difficult to grow in. Uh, it's very rich, very, very nutrient rich, but it's, it's very hard because when it gets wet, it's very wet. And then when it dries out, it cracks. And so it's, it doesn't breathe well. So there's a lot of issues there, but so we grow in raised beds. We also grow in containers. So we do a lot of uh, container gardening and then we have a small, uh, well, I say small, it's, it's in that 370 square feet, but it's, uh, it's about a hundred and say 65 or 70 square feet, sort of a no till, no dig garden. Mm-hmm. And so my family and I, we, we, kind of farm that small area. We're in an urban setting. And so we, we grow as much as we can where we're at. So, hmm. And how did you end up start doing this? Well, uh, it's actually kind of crazy because my wife and I got married. And uh, we, of course, had our first child who is now 13. And when she was about 18 months, uh, we really started questioning you know, what was in our food, uh, what was going into our food, kind of the, the whole process around the modern food system. And we had some concerns. There were some different scares in the media about different things. I, you know, if I don't know if anyone really remembers, but I probably 15 years ago or so, maybe a little bit less than that, there was a scare about milk mm-hmm. uh, in the dairy industry, about hormones and stuff being injected into the cows and just all sorts of different things uh, going on in the media. And so it really, it really caused us to think about, you know, what we were putting into uh, our, not necessarily our bodies, but we were more concerned, I guess, with our children you know, and our future children. And so we started thinking about, well, you know, what could we do? And it just kind of steamrolled from there. We lived in a different area at the time, but, I had a neighbor, uh, he volunteered to come over and till uh, a part of our backyard. And so we started with just a small little uh, traditional row garden there. And we grew a really successful garden. Uh, I know sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes you get success, sometimes you don't. But uh, we had a really successful garden that year. And so it really just steamrolled from there. I don't really have a background I don't, I, you know, neither one of us have a background in farming or hmm. I grew up on a farm, but I was so young uh, when my family sold it that I had really no, no recollection of it or no knowledge from it. So, so that's what I was going to ask. Actually, I was going to ask, and, and you've, you've uh, answered that already, whether you have a, a background in it, but I was, I was wondering if you didn't, I mean, that must've been, that's quite a leap to make if you haven't got a background like that. So how did you start? Well, actually, um, I, I did. Ha- I mean, I had a, s- a little small piece of background with it. My mom and dad, I, I do remember them picking stuff from our garden when I was very young, but that's really the, the amount of it. I didn't really, I didn't really participate in it, hmm. but I remembered that it was possible that, that, that you could grow, you know, a number of things very, you know, somewhat easily. Um, <laughs> and boy, was I wrong starting out, but <laughs> But so we started out by just doing some research. I, I watched a lot of uh, a lot of TV programs, and um, you know, just very very early on, we we just started small. Uh, I grew I had grew some peppers, mm-hmm. uh, some chilies before that, just for my own personal use, just for me to have a you know a pepper every once in a while. 
But other than that, I really had no experience. So we just kind of started researching and hmm. my wa- my wife, I love her, but she's not really an outdoor person. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it really, a lot of it really rests on me, but uh, we just started researching. And I remember I, YouTube honestly was a big help. I, I jumped on YouTube and uh, this was long before my channel, but I jumped on YouTube and started watching some videos and watching some different gardeners. It was really right about the same time YouTube really started to come into its own. Hmm. Um, I think that was probably 2011, uh, give or take. That really helped me progress some <laughs> before that I didn't. I mean, I, you know, there were some books and stuff that I'd read and hmm. uh, nothing really nothing really helped out as much as watching some YouTube channels. So. Hmm. Yes, it is a fantastic resource for that, and and your channel is one of those. So when you when you first started, what crops did you pick? What do you remember? What you first grew? Uh, absolutely, I remember it very well. Um, of course, you know I told you that I I started with you know chilies hmm. before that, but when we started that very first garden, we we started with things we we liked, and that's uh, one of the one of the pieces of advice I was give any new gardener is start with something you like to eat, something that you're going to eat. It helps to motivate you <laughs> uh, to, to do uh, all the little jobs along the way. So we started with, uh, you know, zucchini uh, and squash, mm-hmm. uh, different varieties of, you know, bush zucchini. And we, uh, we did uh, okra and mm-hmm. we did of course, chilies and we did watermelon because we, you know, as a family in Texas summer, you got to have some watermelon. <laughs> and uh, and then I we did some eggplant uh, and just a few other bits and pieces. Uh, we did a couple of buckets that was just a horrible failure that year. <laughs> uh, I didn't really understand, uh, you know, container soil or anything like that. So the, mm-hmm. the container garden was, you know, it was it was a write off that year. <laughs> <laughs> but we started with stuff we wanted to eat, and and that's what I would say to anyone that wants to grow their own food is. Start with something you like, yeah, and then add. You know, that's probably one of the most consistent advice we get on the podcast. Actually, from from people, uh, they often say, "Grow something uh, that you want to eat," um, and I think it's fantastic advice. You're absolutely right. And some of those crops you're mentioning that I'm sitting here very envious because um, um, there's no way we can grow some of those in this area. <laughs> right. So, what, what which one are you speaking of? Well, more watermelons in particular. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they take a long time and it's a lot of hot weather they really need. So, mm-hmm. and do you get quite large watermelons? Uh, oh, that year. It, well, we have it since, since that year, uh, we moved shortly after that to, uh, to the house that we're at now. Um, and so where we're at now, we just don't have the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that year, uh, we had phenomenal, uh, watermelons. Uh, they were sweet. They were, they were huge. Uh, we grew Charleston Grays uh, that year, and I don't know if you're familiar with that variety. I'm not, no. But there, if you, if you picture uh, an adult going to the supermarket buying a watermelon, and you would picture like your dad coming out of the store with one on his shoulder, <laughs> yep. that's what you pictured. Like this thing was huge. The, the, when we got a very good harvest that year, and we also grew cantaloupe too, or muskmelon. Uh, those did fairly well too. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so you moved from from that area onto the plot you're on on now. Yes. Um, 
has that meant you've downgraded in size or how's how's it changed yes uh we unfortunately we did uh we downgraded of course we're at the the small plot that we've told that i already told you about the 0.14 mm. of an acre mm. um okay but before that the where we started out was about it was almost an acre um total not guarded but total um so and we're actually getting ready to move back toward that area right. so we'll be closing the garden that we have down now and moving back to that area and, and upgrading again i guess you would say hmm. to about a half an acre and that is that a little bit bittersweet because you've obviously put a lot of work into the plot you're on oh it is um it is i don't it's it's very bittersweet because you know, soil gets better year after year. Uh, and I've really, <laughs> we've put a lot of work into the soil, uh, into the raised beds that we have. And, and the soil is, is pretty fantastic now uh, <laughs> compared to when we first put it in. But so I'm hoping just leaving the perennials and stuff that we're growing there, uh, the herbs, things like that. I'm hoping that that will inspire someone uh, that moves in uh, to grow something. So yeah, I'm I'm sure it will without a doubt. Um and talking of inspiration, uh, your YouTube channel, how did that start? Oh, wow. Uh so I started out watching YouTube really to get me to progress <laughs> in knowledge, hmm. uh to learn some things about growing food and and so I watched a few channels, there was a couple of channels in particular that really that really helped me and I thought, you know what? These these guys they're these are just regular guys and you know, I can do this too. So I started, you know, picking up uh, l- little pieces from them. And that's how it really sparked my YouTube channel is I wanted to, one, be able to document, sort of track what I've been doing, uh, even though I'm not very consistent sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I really wanted to track what I've been, what, what I've done uh, in the garden that year, what, I'm, what I did. And so... But in addition to that, I wanted to see if I could help someone grow their uh, garden or grow something. So I started a YouTube channel. I think the very first couple of videos, I mean, they were horrible. Uh, they're horrible. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, so, but it is what it is. It. I started, I think one of the very first videos I put up was about growing loofah. Mm-hmm. And I grew loofah that year just, just to grow it. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about it. I just, I just grew it. Uh, actually, I, I say that because I saw it on uh, a channel that I really liked, and that was, uh, and I still watch it to this day, and that's Rob Bob uh, over in Australia. He's got a fantastic channel, and and I saw uh, him growing it on there, and he was eating the small fruits, hmm. and so they're edible when they're real small, and so I was like, eh, I'll grow it. I'll see what I can do. And so I planted the seeds and it took off and it was fantastic. They did fantastic that year. I had so many loofahs. I don't even know. And it just came from like two plants. And so, but his channel really uh, helped along the way. And that's, that's kind of sparked mine uh, as well as uh, growing your greens channel, uh, John Kohler, uh, growing your greens.com. Uh, he really sparked my interest in uh, a lot of the uh, more exotic, you know, greens and, and perennials and wild foods and stuff like that. So I was hoping to help somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah. And without a doubt, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you get contacted by people all the time. I, I do. I do. I get emails all the time and tons of comments. And Excellent. It makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? And it, I think actually it does give you a, 
some people I've spoken to, it gives them a different angle to take their growing and it makes them more inclined to try new things. And it's always nice to try something new. Yes, it is. I, I believe that if you're not trying new things, stepping out of the box, doing something a little bit differently, then one, you're not going to learn something. You know, obviously don't you don't have to reinvent the wheel necessarily but it doesn't hurt to try those things and you, you may never you may never know if it'll work until you try it and you honestly in my opinion i don't think you're learning if you're not failing no. <laughs> i mean yeah failing teaches us a lot so yeah definitely without a doubt now because you're you're now used to having a fairly restricted plot and actually before i ask this out, out of interest how much of the food you eat do you think you grow yourself uh, I would say of the fruits and veg, I would say probably 60% of the fruits and veg we eat comes from the garden most, most years. Uh, obviously there are years where some things don't go <laughs> your way. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had years where, you know, our cucumber crop didn't come, didn't come through like we wanted. And, you know, that kind of, that kind of changed things and, but uh, I would say 60, maybe 65% uh, right now because there are certain things we can't grow uh, on our current plot just due to size, just due to space. We can't really grow a lot of potatoes, right. um, in, or at least in quantity, and enough to provide us for the year. We can't really grow enough. We can grow uh, you know, a few bits and pieces for meals here and there, but um, things like corn, we, don't have, we, don't, we just don't have enough space for corn. But I'd say sixty to sixty-five percent, and that's—I would hope that that would get better. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and that's that's a reasonable amount to be growing growing yourself, especially when you are working on a fairly restricted plot. So, I think you'd be someone who would give a really good insight how to to get started if people have got a very small plot. Where would you start if it was you? Well, I think the first thing I would recommend is start small. And I don't mean necessarily space. Um, I just mean start start small and with, with what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, I, when I first when I first built the garden here uh, at our at our current house at our current place, I dove head head first. <laughs> um, I built all of the beds at one time. I brought in I brought in all of the soil. Um, I brought in uh, let's see five yards, five cubic yards of compost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I did all of it, wheelbarrow, shovel, uh, and, and I, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot to take on uh, at, at one time Yeah, uh, because that included our, our uh, no-dig garden. And so I did all of that in the first year. And it was, it was good, but it was bad. Um, I, say it was, I say it was good because I got a lot of growing space instantly <laughs> almost yeah. um, but it was bad because you know it was a lot of work obviously and when you do that then you have you know you have that much space that then you got to say okay well what am I going to plant I didn't really have a plan the first year so you know shame on me but I didn't you know I really didn't think that stuff through first so I would say start small uh, start with one raised bed um, if you have space for one raised bed start with it you know, something either three by eight feet or four by eight feet and just start with that. Focus on building your soil because soil is, is the key. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what your raised bed's made out of if your soil is crap. 
So uh, build your soil, uh, lots of organic matter, really focus on feeding the soil. And, you know, like I said, start with something you like to eat. Hmm. If you don't have space for a raised bed, start with a pot. You know, start with a couple of pots and grow some salad greens or grow some herbs or grow a chili plant. They're, I mean, honestly, I mean, you you know, they're pretty forgiving. Yeah, without a <laughs> doubt, yeah. I beat my chili plants up all the time. Uh, <laughs> and they just keep coming back, so... They do, and actually, for space, and especially if you're talking about containers, I would have, I would have said, and I've got no facts on this, but they've got to be pretty much the most productive plants you can grow in a small space. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, they have done very well for me uh, over the years in pots. I grow quite a bit of peppers in pots every year, and they produce very well uh, for the amount of space that I that I devote to them. And so that's definitely one of the best choices. Uh, I would say herbs are really good. Um, eggplant, I- I've had pretty yep. good success growing those in a pot. So, yeah, definitely just start small. Work with what you have. But, yeah, definitely soil is key and sun is key. You know, sun is definitely, uh, you know, top of the list, really. Hmm. And I think as well, um, another tip in there that you've mentioned a couple of times already is to to jump onto YouTube and look at um, look at channels like yourself and various others that are out there. There's some fantastic ones out there. Um, I think a lot of people I speak to are inspired to start from pretty much the same sort of learning curve that you went on. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a lot of people start with no, absolutely no background. Uh, of gardening whatsoever. I run across people every day. I mean, there's kids. Uh, I, I drive a school bus for a living. I was a chef for a number of years and then I, I needed a change of pace. And so I started driving a school bus and uh, kids nowadays, man, they don't really, they have no idea where food comes from. Hmm. And so they really start with no knowledge of growing anything. And so you got to use your resources and there's a ton of resources out there. So yeah, definitely YouTube. Uh, YouTube is great. There's tons of blogs out there too. Isn't it interesting how uh, kids have lost touch with, with stuff like that. And obviously not all of them, but a, a large percentage have lost touch with stuff like that when actually we're living in a time where it's easiest to get the knowledge of it. it that's the sad part. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we've got essentially the world, um, at our fingertips between mobile devices and, and you know, of course the internet uh, on laptops and things like that, computers at home, but yeah, it's there. It's at our fingertips and we kind of squander it away, if you will. Mm-hmm. And a few questions I, I always ask people. Um, and I think we've, we've spoken about inspiration, but I wonder whether there was someone in particular, um, and perhaps it's the people you mentioned already who, who inspired you to really get going and, or maybe grow something different. Um, can you think of anyone in particular? Uh, well, outside of those couple of YouTube channels, I really think that for my chili growing, I, you know, I grow a lot of peppers every year, and I think of, that's you know obviously that's because I I love peppers and everything spicy. But <laughs> but I had an uncle that used to grow peppers on his porch. He had a couple of I, I don't know probably three or four plants every year on his porch. And I remember he had a chili piquin plant, which is similar to a, a chiltepin, mm-hmm. little bird pepper. And we, <laughs> I remember trying it for the first time. Uh, it was so hot. <laughs> I was probably, probably nine years old, but that between him 
uh, being able to just, cause he was, he was disabled between him just growing some peppers on his porch and just my family, you know, the drive to provide my family with good food, hmm. nutrient dense food. That's what really inspired me other than the, like I said, those YouTube channels, hmm. And, hmm. but yeah, that's, that's, that's where I got my inspiration from. Yeah, and that's uh, you've mentioned uh, spicy food and and chilies uh, a fair few times. So let's talk about those for a little while. Um, so, what varieties do you grow? Oh, um, well, I don't, I don't have as I have been listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. um, and I know I don't have anywhere near what y'all have, <laughs> <laughs> but I do have quite a fair uh, few varieties. I, I grow probably my favorites. Um, I really like the the ahi varieties or the aji varieties. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, yeah, so Brazilian starfish uh, is one of my favorites. Nice, yeah. Kind of lower end, but it's got a good flavor, and it, it just grows crazy uh, here. The lemon drop, mm-hmm. those are another mild. I grow quite a few Carolina Reapers, uh, okay, <laughs> opposite yeah. side of the spectrum. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so I grow I grow quite a few varieties. Like this year, I've got uh, I would say eighty varieties. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's very good. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> and uh, I think you're right about the ahi varieties. Um, and often they're pronounced uh, for anyone that that's not sure that it's a j i. Often they're pronounced aji in in the UK. But you're actually correct with your your pronunciation. Um, and there there are a group of chilies that aren't grown on massive scales in the UK. I'm not sure about other parts of the world, but they are they're very, very forgiving. Um you probably, judging by the temperatures, you are you able to take your your chilies all the way through the year? Oh, I would love to, uh right. but no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I would I would love to grow them. I would love to have a permanent chili garden. Uh, year round but we have frost and so a few days of the year we get a real bad frost Mm. and so unfortunately we have to either bring them in or we have to cover them some way and so uh, we do have a small greenhouse but it just it won't support (laughs) the massive amount of peppers uh, at least full-grown peppers that i grow and you want to get through the winter and still end up with a wife so you probably can't bring them all in (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yes (laughs) <laughs> well, I say that uh, she is very forgiving. Uh, right. She loves me a lot because right now in our dining room, <laughs> our this is our grow room, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have about three hundred chili plants. So wow. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all they're all seedlings. I mean, they're mm-hmm. uh, in, in size ranges from uh, just popped uh, out of the rock wool or soil to well, I've got some fruiting. I've got some uh, hydroponic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carolina Reapers yeah. uh, that are fruiting, and so I've got a range of sizes, but got about three hundred plants. So, mm. and the Carolina Reaper, um, I'm, I think the majority of people would know is is extremely hot. In fact, holds the the world record currently for the hottest. So, how are you using those? Uh, well, I'm definitely not eating them fresh. Um, <laughs> I, well, I have I have tried them, yeah, um, and I, I kind of regret that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's definitely a great pepper. It's got a great flavor profile, I think, mm. uh, even though it's really, really hot. But I primarily make uh, hot sauces. And so uh, different salsas. Uh, I'm trying to get into the fermented hot sauces this year. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm, gr- I'm growing a, a variety. But yeah, I'm definitely putting those into something. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. They are, I mean, they are a usable chili because some people often ask me why anyone would actually grow them. And that's the case for a lot of the super hots, but they, especially in hot sauces. Um, and I remember bumping into, I can't remember where I was, but it was a, it was a chef. And I remember bumping into him and he was from India and he told me about um, the Naga. Um, and he said how they were brought up to use it would they'd cut the top of the chili off and when they make rice they'd get the plate and they'd rub the sap of the chili onto the plate and then put the rice on top so you get the the fragrance come through the the rice but not the ridiculous heat um, I thought that was quite an interesting way of doing it yeah but you have to give that a try hmm yeah, and I have to say, every time I do it, I, I always forget when I cook rice. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's um, uh, it's interesting how, and I don't know about the US, and I'm sure lots of people are into mad hot chilies, uh, maybe because there's, there's mad hot chilies without flavour. Uh, for me, they're not worth growing. It's the ones with flavour like the Carolina Reaper. Um, but across the world they've got a much more mature approach to chilies and they grow for flavor first and if it ends up being very very hot then they they cope with that and and deal with that rather than the other way around absolutely and that's that's why some of the peppers that i like so much some of the chilies i like so much are some of the milder ones Mm. Uh, they have a great i mean i think the ahi varieties have a great flavor Mm. Um, i like the chocolate scotch bonnet it's Mm -hmm. got a great flavor yeah and I mean, I just, I grow for flavor. I mean, I used to grow for hot, <laughs> mm, yeah. but I, I grow, I grow for flavor now. And I mean, I mean, I'm getting older. <laughs> mm, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I can't take the heat as much as I used to. So, yeah, but it's, it's definitely fun. Yeah. And I think uh, there's a world out there. There's a pepper for everybody. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I've always said that, actually. I think you're absolutely right. In fact, we grow some with pretty much no heat whatsoever. Um, and they, you could make a very strong argument to say they're not a chilli, that they are a, a bell pepper. Um, uh, but, yeah, there's definitely a chilli out there for everyone. Yes, definitely. Mm. Sorry, went off on a bit of a tangent there when someone <laughs> mentions chilies. I... <laughs> um, so another question I always ask people, and you, you've said that definitely failure is a, a big part of your learning curve and something you uh, actively encourage might not be the right word, but I think you know what I mean. But have you got any notable failures um, when you first started out? Ooh, uh, yes, uh, I've got a few. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say, like I said, the first year I failed with container gardening. I, I you know, like I didn't really understand um, the basis of a good container soil. Uh, I thought I could just go buy whatever, <laughs> and uh, and which you, you you can. I mean, you can start with whatever you you know whatever you can afford uh, and work with that. But uh, I made some mistakes. I made it way too dense. And it didn't drain well, and so that caused some issues. But I would say the biggest failure that I have, and I still have them, uh, doing this very thing during this process, and that's seed starting. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like every year I fail at something during seed starting. You know, it's it's whether I, you know, maybe miss a watering or, <laughs> yep. or uh, just something. Seed starting is one of the most difficult things for a new gardener. And even for some experienced gardeners, it's it's very challenging at times. Hmm. But I would say seed starting is probably the most notable. Uh, it's just every year something goes terribly wrong. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. And are you starting from, from fresh seed every year? Do you collect your seed? How do you do it? 
Yes, I do collect uh, a number of my own seeds. The chilies, I collect chili seeds, mm-hmm. uh, tomato seeds. Well, I say really the only thing I don't collect my own seed is zucchini, right. uh, different squashes, just because they cross-pollinate so easily. Hmm. And I, I try to grow true to type as much as I can. That way I, I can save those seeds and pass them down. They cross-pollinate so many times, and you'll have something that looks nothing like the package. Yeah. <laughs> Still good to eat. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with it to eat. But, but yeah, I, I grow chilies, and, and, and I use a lot of my own seed. But I do have to buy some seed in. Hmm. I'm not quite self-sufficient yet on that. And, of course, I grow some hybrids. So, I mean, there's there's always a few hybrids in the garden each year. Yeah. So those have to be brought in. But Yeah, very good. Very nice. Um, so tell people where they can find out more about you and maybe get in touch. Okay, so I am, well, I'm pretty much all over the place. Uh, <laughs> I'm on pretty much all social media, so you can look at uh, any of your social medias like Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and, and just search Backyard Eden. And the, the name kind of come about from, from Scripture. But you can find me on social media at Backyard Eden and as well as on YouTube. Uh, hmm at backyard eden and i do have a website as well i have a blog uh, i'm not as active on that as as i should be just with the craziness of life mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but yeah you can find me pretty much anywhere at backyard eden brilliant excellent and i'm sure people are gonna enjoy watching your videos and, and maybe getting in touch asking a few questions and stuff like that it's been really really interesting chatting to you really interesting to find out your story and everything you've got going on in there and and nice to know that there's um, someone i don't know how many thousands of miles that shares my passion for chili <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I, I love talking to uh, chili heads yeah so <laughs> it's it's definitely fun I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show No problem. Thank you very much, John, and hope to speak to you soon. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. And you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Plants and Me podcast. We'll be back soon. If you can't get enough of all things plant-related, pop over to plants-uk.co.uk. And if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.